21. All right. I'm in Ecclesiastes, same chapter I was in last week. And last week, if some of you were here, you recall that um, I had a blunder. That's right, I had a blunder. I couldn't locate the flash drive. They couldn't locate the flash drive message. And so I had to go strictly by the Holy Spirit as he led me through the message. And as I was reflecting today, I said, not only do we need the Holy Spirit for a message, we need the Holy Spirit all day long. Can I get a witness? Not only when you're so-called preaching a message, but to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it this way, the zeal of the Lord hath eaten me up. And he was led by the Holy Spirit his entire life. So without further ado, I hope this message will present a message from the Lord. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verses 20 through 29. Let's dig into it. Don't turn the screen. Let's dig into it. And I know I'm always getting off on a tangent sometime. But I think about these things over and over again. For instance, let's dig into it. Are you and I enthused about getting into the Word of God and all its golden nuggets? And I'm going to say something that's probably redundant. Is this just another book? Or is it the unsearchable riches of Christ? As Ephesians chapter 1 or 2. I don't know which one. I think it's chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 calls it the unsearchable riches of Christ. Let's dig into it. I'm going to ask you a pointed question. Are you enthused about getting into the word of God? Is there a time that you have set aside... And with all the distractions and a time by yourself where you just sit down, I want to hear from the Lord. Can I get a witness? That was a soft answer. Maybe that's convicting to you. But if you don't, why don't you ask the Lord? Help me to be enthused about your word. Help me to dig into those things which apply to my life and apply to others. Number two, that leads to my next question. How important is the Word of God? Deuteronomy 32, 46, and 47 says this. He, meaning Moses, said to them, meaning the people of Israel, take to your heart, say heart. That's where we need the Word of God. In our heart. Take to your heart all the words which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. Now I want you to really think about this next section. Something must be wrong. Thank you, brother. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your Life. Think about that. Moses said to the children of Israel, It is your life. And by this word you will prolong your days in the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. And as I thought about that, I got another correlating scriptures. And here's what Jesus says. I want you to think about what was just said. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. Here's what Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him, thus said. 
has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Can I get an amen? amen? The words of the Savior. Listen to it again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that's you and me, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me. Well, who sent him? God the Father. Hath everlasting life. I'm going to say this for the benefit of anyone who thinks you have to wait till you clean up your life or till you die. The Bible proclaims, that's the present tense, has right now everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed, passed from death unto life. If you think I'm jealous for the word of God, I am. When Jesus says you can have eternal life, he means just what he says. Eternal life is the gift of God through his son, Jesus Christ, the Savior. Matter of fact, and I told you I was going to get off uh, a little bit of falling a tangent. I want to read John chapter 1, just the first three verses concerning life. Can you say life? life. All right, here we go. John chapter 1. Maybe I should say John chapter 1 verse 4. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read part of it. <clears throat> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's speaking of the Jesus. Verse 3, all things were made by him. Imagine that. All things were made by the Son of God. And without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4 says it all. In him, meaning in Jesus, was life. In the Son of God was life. And the life was the light of man. Why do you keep talking about Jesus all the time? Why do I keep talking about his eternal sonship? Because many cults today deny the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's just a man. He's just a, a good example. He was created and all those other, he just. But Jesus said, and I'm going to go on to the next, before Abraham was, I am. He declared his own pre-existence. And this is the man, this is the God-man who died for your sins and mine. Let me go on with this message. I'm still going to intermingle it with the Son of God. Number three. Also, do not take seriously all the words which are spoken. I mean, Ecclesiastes. So that you will not hear your servant cursing you. For you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. I tested all this with wisdom, and I said, I will be wise. That's Solomon talking. I will be wise. But it was far from me. The more he knew, the more he didn't know. What has been is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can discover it? Number four, I directed my mind to know, to investigate, to, to seek wisdom and an explanation, and to know the evil folly and the foolishness of madness. And I discovered more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains. One who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Number five. And finally, verses 28 and 29 which I am still seeking, but have not found. I have found one man among a thousand, but I have not found a woman among all these. Ladies, I'm not going to be stepping on anyone's toes. Can I get a witness? Amen. So you don't have to worry about me downgrading 
anyone, man or woman. Behold, I have found only this, that God made men, men, upright. But they have sought out many schemes, or as you see here, devices. Now, back to 21 and 22. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, do not take seriously all the words which are spoken, so that you will not hear your servant cursing you. For you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. Number seven. Who's not guilty? Oh, who is free from evil speaking, from uncharitable speaking, from, de de excuse me, from detailing their nervous faults? I better start that over again because I don't want to mess it up. Oh, who is free from evil speaking, from uncharitable speaking, from detailing their neighbor's faults, from whispering, tail-bearing, and backbiting. Do not wonder if God in his justice per permits you to be talked about, seeing that you have frequently talked evil about others. <clears throat> How about it? Have you and I talked behind someone else's back and you wouldn't want them to know it? Can I get an amen? Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks upright and worketh righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor take a reproach against his neighbor. I know I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I might as well say it. If you're going to talk about someone... Why don't you talk to them? Can I get an amen? amen? Instead of talking about someone behind their back, why don't you confront them with what you feel is right? Wisely, unguarded talk, number eight. Wisely, the preacher knew that we tend to take the words of others about us too seriously. People often say unguarded things that are not deeply felt. We say things about others and would not want them to take it with heart. I know I didn't say the last part right, but you got it right. The fact that we are often speak ill of others should make us less open to take offense at what is said of ourselves and prepared to take unfavorable comments. I'm not going to get off course. I'm just going to keep on going. Number nine, the consciousness of our own sins against others should keep us from being angry with their faults against us. Each one of us, Christian, non-Christian, we all have faults. We all need to be confronted about, in love that is, to help each other. We were made in the image of God. And perhaps the thing is that the person is talking to you about yourself, maybe, just maybe, it's going to help you grow. Number 10. Constructive criticism. When a friend points out your fault, do you get angry? While certain criticism, excuse me, while criticism may feel bad, not all criticism is bad. Criticism may be a means for your growth. Amen. The next time someone criticizes you, consider the source. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. Is this a wise person who cares about you? If so, listen. Even if you don't like what the person is saying. Say wise person. I was talking to someone this morning. They were saying what I say sometimes. Um, I'm not going to complain. Nobody else listens. 
And I thought about, that is totally off course for a Christian. I'm going to say this last part. If this is a wise person who cares, is this a wise person who cares about you? I have on my own footnote, you can't see it on the screen. There is a very wise person who cares about you, and his name is Jesus. Matter of fact, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You got someone who's overwhelmingly willing to everything that you indeed, the word cast means to throw at him. He can handle it. And Psalm 37, 5 says this, Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. The trouble with us is that we want to try to do things on our own, and we keep on failing and falling on our face, but Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, in the Old Testament, commit your way to the Lord is Yahweh. Says, he says this, commit your way to the Lord. Number 11, therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith curse with men, we men, which are made after similitude or the likeness of God. Do not complain, brothers, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. I wonder who the judge is. The judge is Jesus Christ. Number 11. Look what happened, or look what was pronounced against a man named Shim-ei. Yes, I had to look that up and keep on saying it. As a consequence of his cursing and throwing stones at King David. David's a king. He's running from his son Absalom. You can read the whole account in 1 Kings. The king also said to Shem-ei, You know all the evil which you acknowledged in your heart, which you did to my father David. This is Solomon. Therefore the Lord shall return you evil on your head. Christian, non-Christian, we still reap what we sow. Can I get an amen? amen? There is consequence to what we do. For our heart, now let me get it right. For out of our heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, notice false witness, slanders. Here's the remedy. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Say cleanse us. I'm going to say it again. You might, be, you might feel I'm being redundant. Maybe I am. Every day, Brother Carter brother, sister, brother, whoever you are, we need a daily cleansing. What kind of cleansing? Am I talking about a bath? No, I'm not talking about that kind of bath. I'm talking kind of a bath of confession. Let me read it again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. <clears throat> well, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to grumble. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. 
that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let me ask you before I go on with that verse. Are you and I a shining light in the world? Or are we just like the world? They can't tell the difference. Can I get a witness? The Bible says, let your light so shine before man. I don't mean you got to go around saying, praise the Lord. I don't mean that. Just let your light shine naturally. I'm whom you shine as lights in the world, holding first. There I go again. Holding fast the word of life. What's the word of life? This. So that in the day of Christ, what do you mean the day of Christ? Christ is not only coming back, that's not the day of, that could be the day of Christ. But I'm talking about we Christians when we stand before the judgment seat. And I'm not going to go into that. You can find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That I may be proud that I did not run. What's Paul talking about? I ministered to you in the gospel. I want to be proud of what, what God accomplished in your life. I probably shouldn't say this, but there I go again. We had a situation in this church. It's been two or three years ago. When one person started talking behind other people's back, it could have been a tragic situation. And as I look back on that situation, I say, why didn't that person just come up and say what his problem was? instead of talking behind the church's back. Do not speak, number 15, do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of the law. There is one lawgiver and judge the one who was able to save and to destroy. Say, able to save. save. Here I go again. Jesus. I can't leave him out. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And I'm going to say this again because not everybody here is saved. No, not everybody here knows Jesus Christ is the personal Savior. You need to have a saving relationship with the Son of God. How do you get that? Believe on what he did. What did he do? No, I'm not going to turn to Isaiah. I'm just going to quote part of it. He took, I kind of get congested when I say this. The seriousness of our sin took the Son of God to the cross. And what did he do on the cross, Brother Bruce? He took all Brother Bruce's sin and all your sins. What do you mean by that? God the Father placed all your sins on that eternal son. That's what you got to believe. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm good enough. I don't curse. I don't swear. I don't talk behind people's back. I give my time. That's good. But in the sight of God, it's just like as Psalms 51 says, no, Psalm, no, I'm wrong. Isaiah 53 or 54 says, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. You can't earn your, pardon me, brother? Thank you, brother. Isaiah 54, 6, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. Why are you giving a message on this? 
Well, for one thing, it stands in order, and for one another things, we need to apologize to people who we have spoken behind their back. Can I get an amen? amen. Talking to a sinning brother or sister's God's way. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you are mind your brother. You're going to talk to your brother or sister? Do it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Why can't we talk in love? It's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, it's the first fruit. And if I might go off on a tangent again, God so loved the world. Priority. God so loved the world that he gave his only or his unique son. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to emphasize Yeshua. That's his name. There's nobody else like him. Nobody. Number 17. I tested all this with wisdom. And I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. These rules I have laid down for my own conduct and sought after more wisdom, but have fallen far short of what I wished it to be. The honest admission of Pharaoh to find wisdom, we're talking about Solomon, of watching it, in fact, recede with every step one takes. The further I seek out the wisdom, the more it opens up that I don't know. I know I said that before. Discovering that none of our soundings get to the bottom of things. This, that is, if nothing, excuse me, if not the beginning of wisdom, a good path. What do you mean by that? If you start reading this Bible, God will open up things to you as he sees fit. Can I get an amen? amen. He'll open it up to you. Number 18. What has been said is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can know it? That which, this is another translation of the same verse. That which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can know it? I'll tell you who can know it. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in him, Colossians says, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to know how to direct your life? Come to the person in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me ask you this morning, what do you treasure? What's number one? Is it money? Is it a woman? Is it a car? Is it a home? What's the number one treasure in your heart? Only you can answer that. But I'm going to say one thing, and I can answer it assertively. If it's not Jesus Christ, you're on the wrong priority list. Can I get an Amen. He's first. Everything falls under him. Number 19. But where shall wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? From where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? I'm giving the same thing in 3 and now of Romans 11. Oh, the depth. Say, oh, the depth. Now get this. I've got to slow down when I say it. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Paul found that out. How did he find it out? 
And I'm not going to go into nothing because you, many of you already knew this. When he was on his way to persecuting Christians, he met the Savior. And it turned his whole life around. Let me say this. When you become a Christian, I'm not saying you have to have some outstanding voice or something from heaven like Paul did. But it turns your life around. As was said, you're going to death, physical and spiritual death, to life. He turns your whole life around, step by step. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Number 20. Wisdom is so deep. Though all these statements are the result of my own experience and observation, yet I am conscious that real wisdom is still far beyond me. For who can fathom what is so deep? Number 21. I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Literally, now i got to slow down here because I want to get this right. Literally, this is what it says in the Hebrew. I turned myself and my heart to a phrase peculiar to Ecclesiastes and appropriate to the penitent. Say penitent. If you don't know what penitent means, it means someone who turns around, someone who's a sinner. Turning back to commune with his heart on his past life. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever looked at your past life and said, I made a grave mistake or I have made some very bad decisions? That's what he did. Just let me tell you one of the things that he did. Solomon. Many women turned his heart from God. And he began to worship pagan gods. Maybe that's what he was talking about. Let's make it more personal. How about you? Have you ever examined your life, as I already said, and say, oh, if I could only do it over again. But you can't do it over again. But you and I can be forgiven. Can I get an amen? amen. That's what Christ came for, to forgive us. I turn myself and mine heart Two, number 22. I'm repeating this. King James style. I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom. Literally, I turned myself. Why am I repeating this? I wonder, number 23. I wonder if the former quote indicates that Solomon repented of his sinful lifestyle. Here's a man of God asking God for wisdom. I turn myself and my heart too. Does this indicate that he repented of his lifestyle again? Let's look at it again. 24. Here's the definition. Yes, and I got one Hebrew word, and you don't have to remember it. I applied my heart. I cast about. I made a circuit. I circumspect. Describe the ground I was to traverse, which means go around. And all within my circle, I was determined to know and to investigate and to seek out wisdom and reason of things. Has man reason and understanding? Here's where you come in. I hope you're listening. Solomon had reasoning. You have reasoning. Please captivate yourself on the next point. Has man reason and understanding? If so, then this is his word. God as much calls him to use the powers in this way. Let me stop right there. God gave you a capacity to reason, to compare, to search out. God as much calls him. I'm losing my place here. 
God as much calls him to use these powers in this way as to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that you may be saved. I'm stopping right there. The most important thing for your life, if you're not saved, I can put it this way, is to get saved. And he that does not, according to the means of his power, is a lazy servant. I know it says slothful from whom God may justly take away the misemployed. What does that mean? I'll put it this way. You're familiar with this. How shall we? I'm talking about me and you. How shall we escape? You hear the gospel over and over and over again. And you say, not today, Lord. I got better things to do. What an insult. Take away the misemployed or not used talent and put, punish him for his neglect. <clears throat> Number 25. And I discovered more than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets whose hands are changed. I wonder how Solomon, I keep wondering how Solomon all of a sudden changes his whole direction towards women. Well, I'm not going to try to answer that. I'm going to let the, let the Bible do the talking. This goes for men and women. One who is pleasing to God will escape her. I'm going to add this but the sinner shall be captured by her. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. I wouldn't dare do it. Let me say it this way. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Can I get a witness? Do you know another translation of that? Thy word have I treasured it's a treasure in my heart that I might not sin against you. But the sinner, I'm in the middle, shall be trapped by her in the snare which her, is herself. Knowing Solomon wrote this, I'm at the bottom if you're, if you're reading it, it makes us wish we knew more about when Solomon wrote this at what point in his life? We know from 1 Kings 11.4, for it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart. Say, turned his heart. What's turning your heart away from Jesus? What is it? That his wives turned his heart away from his, excuse me, let me get it right, that his wife turned his heart after other. And I could put God, I could say God's. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God. He was not loyal. Here's where the rubber breaks the road. Are you loyal? Am I loyal? It doesn't matter if you're loyal or not loyal. Oh, yes, it does matter. And eternity will show you how much it matters. No, I'm not saying you're lost if you're a Christian. I'm just saying what we do as Christians after we're saved, it matters. Are you and I loyal? Or are we let me put it this way. Are we on the left side one day, on the right side the other? You know what I mean by the left. On the left side, you're living like the world. On the right side, you're trying to live like Jesus. It doesn't work. Can I get a witness? Twenty-six. Looks like I'm going to finish in time. Hallelujah. 
Amen. And speaking of hallelujahs, I was going to say this, but I had forgotten. Instead of fretting and fuming all the time, why don't you and I praise the Lord? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying, thank you, Jesus, for waking me up this morning? Thank you for the stars in the sky. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for the warmth of this house. Thank you that I can walk and talk and breathe. You don't miss your water till the well runs dry. I think I'm on 26. Yes. Just thinking, those who think that Ecclesiastes is the statement of Solomon's repentance and evidence that he turned his heart back to the Lord, his God, this section is Solomon's way of saying, I understood my error and I turned from it. Let me stop right there and let me slow down. Those who think that Ecclesiastes is the statement of Solomon's repentance, say repentance. Well, here Brother Bruce goes again. You and I, did you, did you notice that? I said, you and I, we need to repent. <laughs> repent of what? Whatever it is that you know you need to repent of. I understood my error and turned from it. It's one thing to understand your error. But if the impact doesn't make you turn from it, you're not really repenting. Those who are unsure of Solomon's repentance will place the writing of Ecclesiastes early in his life. Let me just say this. Some say Solomon came back to the Lord. Some say he didn't. There are two sides. They can't decide from some of the things that he says. Let me put it this way. You and I ought to be able to recite if we turn back to Jesus. You ought to know. I ought to know. All I is fascinating question. All in all, that should be all in all. It is a fascinating question. And one perhaps you and I have no definite answer was Solomon one who pleased God in escaping his, this trap? Or was he the sinner trapped by her? Twenty-seven. And I discovered more bitter than death a woman whose heart is snares and, and nets whose hands, whose hands are chains. I know I'm repeating myself. The man who walks with God. Say walks with God. How about that? Walking with God. Many of you know where I'm going. I'm going to Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Where, do you, where are you and I getting our counsel from? The world? Well, Brother Bruce... If I were you, but they're not me. Get it from the word. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits. Did you notice the progression? Walk, stand, sit. Now let me read the whole thing again. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And I better read verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Say planted. The reason why... You and I get knocked over all the time because we're not planted. Our roots are not deep enough so that when the winds come and the trials come, automatically, you know the result. 
But if you're rooted and grounded in the Word of God, if you're in the Word of God, if you're talking to godly men and women and praying and, and doing what God tells us to do, we won't fail every time God allows us to be tried. Number 28. Behold, I discovered this, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find an explanation, counting one by one, considering things or persons very exactly and distinctly, one after the other, and not only in general and confusedly, in which case a man may very easily be mistaken. I'm going to say something, and I hope it hits you right between the your eyes. Before you start judging your brother and sister, you better get the facts straight. Number 29. A note from John MacArthur, which I am still sinking. Still sinking. Say, still sinking. Still sinking. I know that's taken out of context, which I am still seeking but have not found. I have found, not found, I have found one man among a thousand. Now let me see what uh, MacArthur says. Many of you are familiar with MacArthur. He even has a Bible. Solomon could find a rare man in a thousand with wisdom, but not even one woman. Well, that's Solomon. There's many good women. Can I get to get amen? There's many godly women. I don't know what this world would be without godly women. It may go back to Mary. I don't know what this world would be if Mary would have said, no, Lord, I can't have this child. His fruitless search, say fruitless search. And I'm going to change this. Sinner, unsaved, it's fruitless for you to keep on living like you're doing. You're not going anywhere. You're, you're in a circle. I know there's a harsh word, but maybe it'll reach some of us. Last one. Number 30. Thank you. Behold, I have found only this, that God made man upright. I could say man but they have sought out many devices. Solomon understood that God made man without sin. Did you know the first time? He didn't have any sin. He didn't have any sin. But man has since the time of Adam sought out many schemes of sin and rebellion against God. Say rebellion. I hope this hits you between the eyes. Are you today rebelling against God? Yes, sometimes somebody needs to step up to the plate and tell you, you're on your way to eternal separation from God. And I'm not saying that behind your back either. Can I get a witness? I'm saying it up front. I don't know what it feels like, and I never will, because I've passed, and Christians, you've passed from death unto life. Don't you let any false prophet, and I can keep saying this over again, because this is even in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 9. The dead know nothing. They use that verse to try to say, when you're dead, it's over. But they fail to say, they fail to say this is Solomon's view because he's under the sun view. To a non-Christian, when you're dead, it's over. 
I'm almost done. But Paul said, I have a desire. To be with Christ, which is far better. And in the Greek, it means far, far better. I'm going to ask you one last pointed question Christian or non Christian, saved or unsaved. If you were to die today and stand before God and He were to ask you, Why should I let you into my kingdom? Well, I'll just put that word, kingdom. What would you say? Would you say what I've already said? Brother Bruce, I'm a good man, a woman. I don't steal. I don't talk about other people. I have a fair amount of wisdom. What would you say? If your answer is not based on the finished work, of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. You're on the wrong path and you have the wrong answer. I'm going to say it again. He used that Greek word, tetelestai. Say tetelestai. It, I'm jealous for it. That's right. It is finished. You can't add anything to the finished work of Jesus Christ. He paid it all.